0: Save for the occasional use of cocaine, he had no vice, and he only turned to the drugs as a protest against the monotony of existence when cases were scanty and the papers uninteresting. Hello, and welcome to Chapter Surfing, the podcast where we talk about TV shows and the books that they're based on. This month's episode is on elementary. We're going to mostly be talking about the stories that appear in the illustrated Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, as well as an um, elementary season one. But we may also talk about all sorts of things Sherlock Holmes related, so expect uh, spoilers from really anything involving Sherlock Holmes. My guest is Sarah Golub, the creator of the Arden
1: podcast. Hello, uh, I'm thrilled to be here, and I feel like I tricked you into doing it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm very excited. Uh, I had pretty much no knowledge of Sherlock Holmes before Elementary premiered in 2012, other than like the way that everybody knows some stuff about Sherlock Holmes. Um, That was my first like real reference point. Um, And then I finally read the stories for this, uh, this year, uh, and then rewatched Elementary season one with those stories in mind. Uh, Sarah, you you seem to have a long, intense relationship with Sherlock Holmes. Can you walk me through sort of like the order of uh, what Sherlock Holmes things you consumed? Uh,
1: yes. I think in middle school or early high school um, I had a friend who really liked the stories and so uh, I read the stories because of her. Uh, I'm not quite sure on the timeline just because I knew that friend for a while. Uh, <laughs> Um but yeah I started with the original stories uh like just one of those like f- f- all the story volumes and I just like started from the beginning and just kept reading and I got about halfway through in high school um and then I was kind of like yeah that should do it uh cuz there is so many guys <laughs> that sounds like I gave up that was just, like thousands of pages <laughs> There's, uh, four novels and 56 short stories, so it was quite a lot of text. Um, I really, um, in high school I was also completely obsessed with the television show House M.D., which is, uh, very loosely uh Sherlock Holmes adaptation. I liked the Robert Downey Jr. films. Uh, I have, um, uh, an antagonistic relationship to the show Sherlock, um, which I... Um, uh, uh, it's the only, it's one of the only things I've ever professionally hated. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, uh, I, I co-wrote and helped edit a video essay uh, called Sherlock is Garbage and Here's Why, which um, uh, millions of people have seen. <laughs> what was that for? This, uh, this guy has a YouTube channel, H-Bomber Guy, who... Uh, his name's Harry. <laughs> I don't call him that <laughs> if you wanted to find the video. H-bomber guy. Um, well, I did not know that about you. That's cool. He does, Yeah, he does video essays, and um, one of them was about uh, Sherlock Holmes and Stephen Moffat's writing kind of in general. Uh, and I contributed to that. Uh, he did, you know, it's his channel, so I'm not going to act like it's like uh-huh. the, the dream team, but I... I think uh, I added the bit in there about how dumb the death by boomerang scene is in the show Sherlock. <laughs> it's. Uh, we're not here to talk about Sherlock because I don't need to bring negativity <laughs> into this. But that's uh, that's my stance on there. Is it's uh, I try not to shit talk. Too much TV. In case someone might hire me, and I'm like, no, that bridge just sailed on Show Everyone. It's public record that I have a problem with that show. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I watched Elementary when it came out, and I watched the whole. All says se- seven seasons, and then when that wrapped up last year, I was like, well, now there's this huge void in my life because I've had this procedural for seven years. Uh, I guess I should start rereading the stories and then I proceeded to reread literally the entire Sherlock Holmes canon and then quarantine happened and I was like, well, I guess uh, we're going to need to do some comfort obsessive behavior. So I got back into getting back into the Sherlock Holmes stories. <laughs> that was so long. I like them. <laughs> Just cut right to this. I like Yeah, em. one of the things... <laughs>
0: Um, that I w- want to talk about with this podcast is how I think it's interesting that two people can kind of watch almost a completely different show based on if they have, like, prior expectations of it, um, or not, you know, like, just watching, like, this is a pleasant procedural on CBS versus, like, having strong feelings about, like, how these characters should be behaving, um, and stuff. So I'm glad that, uh, I got someone who watched the stories and had strong feelings of that, about them before Elementary came out to compare with. Um, so I want to start by talking about like differences between them and um, I feel like obviously the biggest difference is Joan Watson the Lucy Lou character. Um, so how, how do you feel about that sort of if you want like starting with um, I assume you heard like announcements about it before the show actually happened. So like how did you feel about the idea of a Joan Watson and then the actual execution?
1: Um, yeah, definitely with what, you're, what you were just saying about, you know, the different expectations people were bringing into the show, depending on how much they knew, uh, at the time of Elementary's premiere, it was um, shortly after Sherlock became like a big hit on the BBC, and so a lot of people um, felt like it was kind of like, like a rip-off or like a cash grab kind of thing. And they were very defensive of like, you're just going after Sherlock's success. And I, and undoubtedly, when someone walked into a pitch meeting and they were like, so we're going to do a Sherlock Holmes story, I'm sure that part of that actual crunching the numbers thing was like, people like Sherlock Holmes stories because there's a successful thing. But it also wasn't very far after the Robert Downey Jr. movies, which were hugely successful. And those been so many Sherlock Holmes TV shows <laughs> um so there was a lot of pushback from a lot of people at the time because they uh, were being uh, I think I think they were on the wrong side of history but like I I understand that <laughs> if you love a tv show and then like CBS does a procedural version of it you'd be like what <laughs> right yeah, like, the, if CBS was like, we're gonna do Legends of Tomorrow, I'd be like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was very in favor of Joan Watson, um, being Joan Watson, because I like, uh, I have a lot of fondness in my heart for the character of Dr. Watson. A lot of people are the public perception of him is that he's quite boring but I was like no he's the narrator and as as a writer who's who loves to do you know sweet sweet lit analysis I'm like no the narrator is always the most interesting one because of the voice uh (laughs) I do think they they goofed up and it really it really should have been Lucy Liu plays Sherlock Holmes Johnny Lee Miller plays Watson but (laughs) in retrospect now that I've now that my love of the series is on record I can say it uh they goofed that one up uh real bad but I think Lucy Lee does a fantastic job and I was definitely very excited at the possibility of you know this great actress and that they were doing something new and interesting with the with the series that I hadn't seen before.
0: Yeah I agree I um I really enjoy what they did with it I do think there is like an element of um it's it's weird because obviously like having one of the characters be an Asian woman instead of uh two men is like more progressive but there is this like weird feeling of it being like weirdly homophobic like even like um just the idea that like so CBS can have sexual attention even if they never even if they never get together, but, like, so that they can have, like, a classic, like, Stabler-Beckler thing that your mom could enjoy. Like, they have to make one of them a woman. I feel like is something that makes you, that, like, gives you pause when you, like, hear about, um when you hear that it is a Joan Watson. Um So it's nice that um th- this show, like, objectively does a better job with, like, LGBT people than, like, the comparable shows of the time. Like, it makes you feel better about um, about this uh, sort of side-eye thing of being like, we have to make one of them a woman. But that is, it's also, like, um, almost, like, validating uh, that uh, there is no romance whatsoever between Sherlock and Watson, but they're still like, ooh, we have to make one of them a woman or it'll be
1: uncomfortable. Yeah I'm, I'm definitely of two minds of it because these stories are have so much kind of queer coding built into just built into them like I feel like you really can't separate the love that those characters have from the stories and adaptations that try to do that or always are kind of like what do you what are you doing what was, the, why is this guy hanging out with this dude he hates that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Um, I, but I think because they never actually have, um, anything sexual happen between Joan and Sherlock in this series, um, it's almost, it almost feels like some sort of, like, control group in a weird way, where <laughs> it's, like, um, spoilers for the rest of Elementary. Um, it goes for seven seasons, and they... Um, They say that they love each other, and by the end of the series, like, they own the house together, and they're raising a child together. But they're never. They're always like, no, we're not dating. That would be ridiculous. We this what? Do you, why it would be so weird if there was something sexual going on between us, these two people who are soulmates and live together and are raising a child together <laughs> and are always talking to each other about, always talking to other people about how great the other one is. That would be. What are you talking about? It seems like you're making stuff up, and I feel like it is kind of validating to be like. Yeah, no, that's what all these other adaptations sound like. That's <laughs> that's how crazy Yeah. Are the ones that are like, ooh, it would be weird if they were together to have one being like, no, okay, if Watson was a woman and they did exactly this behavior, you would be like, seems like they should be getting married at some
0: point. <laughs> yeah, it was really this thing, um, especially in 2012 when like, I feel like now, um, shipping is kind of like mainstream and it's like weird and terrible (laughs) the way like mainstream outlets talk about it but like at the time it was less so so um elementary coming out did feel like you said like this weird control group of being like now we have proof that if you made exactly house and wilson but one was a girl they would be on like e online's list of the best couples (laughs) like like that's just like what happened yeah
1: and i also like I appreciate that the show keeps them as very good friends, um, just because there's so few um definitely uh I'm asexual and aromantic, and so it's very nice for me to see uh the fantasy of like, you no, know, one day you'll meet uh an interesting person and they're like, Please live in my house for free, I'm never gonna touch you and also you're great. Uh, like, what a comforting yeah. little uh fantasy that would only happen if you were Lucy Lou. Uh <laughs> uh, it's also nice because I feel like um, th- the closeness between uh, Holmes and Watson, because they're two men, and because we live in a homophobic society, is always kind of this joke. Um, not always, but like a lot of a lot of people, when they like do a Holmes Watson thing, they like either feel like they have to like really pull back from it or they like make fun of it like there's lots of parody stuff where it's not you know uh if if there's anything gay going on it's it's a bit or they have to be very clear that like no 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 we're straight men and then straight men are cool or whatever uh so it's i feel like by making joan a woman it was a way to show this very nice tender intimacy between them that without ever making it like a punchline um and I also I I definitely think it would be much better if there was two men and they just had that relationship and it was never made a punchline um but I I see again like in purely a control group thing of being like since there are so many versions this is a version that exists it was nice to not have to see them pull back from like as if if Joan took his hand in a tense moment to have it be like a a thing. Right. <laughs> no yeah that's it would have been real neat if it was Joan Watson and Natalie Dormer and they were Holmes and Watson. <laughs> Johnny Lee Miller was their friend who could also be in the show because I do like him but that's it is a shame yeah.
0: <laughs> so as far as the uh the Joan Watson character I feel like um when I read the stories I personally felt like um the john watson character is pretty different uh mainly because there's just so much of like sherlock doing his sherlock thing where he's like no i noticed this whatever and um watson just like flipping out and being like you are so smart i could never be that smart holy shit you're so so much smarter than me and i feel like um they uh with good reason felt like they had to pull back from that a little bit and be like if this is gonna be an Asian woman she should probably not constantly being be like oh my god you look so much smarter than me I could never have figured this stuff out.
1: Yeah it's I personally like that uh, in the original stories uh, Watson is just straight up straight up a hambo. just (laughs) he shows up (laughs) yeah Uh, He does nothing, absolutely nothing, except that sometimes he'll, like, hit a guy, and uh, Holmes is always like, I couldn't do this without you, thank God you're here. (laughs) (laughs) And then Watson just writes everything down in a very judgmental way, where he lets you know uh, who's hot and who's ugly and who is annoying and who's cool, and just, like, in a very petty, mean-girl way. And I would love that adaptation, just straight-up hot chick Watson. As like a vibe. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think we're finally ready that we can have just like it's Alexandra Daddario and just like she's just constantly like jumping up and down and <laughs> clapping for Sherlock. Uh, I think we have enough gender equality now that we can have yeah, that one. And it's
1: of course a shame because I think Lucy Liu would do an incredible version of that because she's she's such a talented <laughs> yeah. comedic actress as well. But it, you just cannot do. You you could do that show where an Asian woman is telling an English guy like, "Oh, you're so smart, and I'm so useless." Oh, tell me some more about myself. <laughs> you that would be <laughs> uh, that would make everyone very uncomfortable. And <laughs> and I also like just because it's an actual procedural, I get that they need to like not have any idiots there when guns are going off. I get it. Um right which is definitely one of the things what I feel like it is a shame where it's like if if Lucy Lou was Sherlock Holmes, uh they should have just let Johnny Lee Miller be a That's all. <laughs> yeah. There should be
0: a version of Sherlock Holmes where it's uh Yeah, Lucy Lewis Sherlock, and then just, like, Kevin from Ghostbusters. uh, The actual character Kevin from (laughs) Ghostbusters is her
1: assistant. Right, that would be perfect, and I think we're ready for that. Um, Definitely a thing that uh, comes up in adaptations is that because Watson is the narrator of the stories, a lot of the stuff that's interesting about him as a character is lost when you move to a third-person perspective um, because it's, like... If if Sherlock Holmes was the narrator of the stories, and he narrates two stories which are like, um, fine. Uh <laughs> but like if, he's on record that if he had his way, these would be like textbooks. But they're fun adventure stories and that's all all Watson's doing. And I uh Yeah, I think a lot of adaptations don't really take take advantage of the fact that Watson is uh, the fun and the one with the adventurous spirit and also, like, the pervy dog, uh, <laughs> And I wish that they had brought some of that um, to Joan Watson. I think Lucy Liu does a really good job of the, the messier Watson stuff. Of um, Like, uh, she's a great actress, but the character is so understated that so much of her... Um, Watson, yeah. Watson's very, very humble, uh, very to himself. Uh, he doesn't talk, which is kind of why Holmes is always the one who has to be like, okay, let me guess what you did today because you don't say anything. <laughs> um, and I think uh, they they bring that to TV in a way that doesn't make the character flat, which is definitely a risk, is how... How insular she is and how much she doesn't like to talk about herself uh they make that work in a really good way they give Joan friends they give her hobbies and interests (laughs) that aren't just watching this dude I've forgotten what we started on I just love Joan Watson a lot I love uh Watson a lot as a character I think it's yeah it's definitely a very different take by making her just as smart as him Uh, but I think they, I think they keep some good stuff of, like, uh, like, in season one of Elementary, they do that great plotline where she is more or less a therapist. She's, like, a counselor to him as a sober companion. Like, it has the same professional vibe as a therapist. And then she, um, her assignment ends, and she's like, I'm actually gonna continue to live with this person who doesn't, who's not paying, I'm just... I'm lying to them so that I can continue to live with them and follow them and boss them around. And at some point when she's like, here's all the stuff you have to do. He's like, okay, but you know, I know that you don't work here anymore. (laughs) And then instead of uh, him having a problem with that, he's like, but no, it's, we are on board over this actually. I'm going to pay you to continue to live with me. Please never leave. But just like how deeply like, fucked up is that, like, a, a counselor would just secretly live with her client. <laughs> uh, I think they do a really good job of adapting, like, that kind of weird obsessiveness that Watson has that he's never really called out on in the books.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think making her the, like, sober companion um, was really smart Has uh, uh, one thing that always bothers me in this type of show is like the peop- the people like constantly pestering the main character and being like uh, you you never talk about yourself and I'm always like he's at work like why do you want him to just like mid murder mystery be like here's my relationship with my father um, and so having it be like Watson like actually is supposed to be providing emotional support I think. Um, really helped a lot because yeah when I watch like House I'm always like of course this guy's angry everyone in his life is always like I'm fi- gonna figure out your deal House.
1: Oh yeah that's uh I think yeah I think that was a really good choice especially yeah the thinking my thoughts okay uh, <laughs> a thing I like about the original stories is all just like the fucking gall of Watson to show up at these crime scenes and just like, you know, your husband's murdered and then these people come in and it's like, and who's this guy? And he's like, he's just followed me around. And it's like, what? <laughs> Get that guy out of here! And I, I like that the sober companion thing is a way for them to kind of still do that on this show with like, no, okay, she needs to be here for him. He has a note or whatever. But like, She's still fully at crime scenes being like, oh, yeah, I don't care if you solve this crime. I care that you don't, I care about you, and that's my priority. And it's a way to adapt to that kind of fun thing of like, all he gives a shit about is solving the crime and fig- you know figuring out the puzzle, and she has this different operative that she's bringing to the table.
0: Um, all right, so let's talk about some of the supporting characters. Um, I wanted to ask you, are any of the, like, detectives they work with, uh, Belle or the other police, are any of them Sherlock Holmes characters, or are they all original?
1: Um, yes, Captain Gregson is from the books. He is, um, the, in the first novel, they introduce two detectives, Lestrade and Gregson, and... Um, Gregson is actually the one that Sherlock Holmes is like he's the smarter of the two he's he's the one I'd rather be working with Uh, I think Lestrade just ha he comes up in more stories so he gets adapted more but Gregson is in uh, a few stories and definitely the first novel (laughs) uh yeah Marcus Bell is um he's not in the stories there is uh one of the origins of Sherlock Holmes is that Arthur Conan Doyle had a teacher, uh, a Dr. Joseph Bell, who Sherlock Holmes is slightly modeled on, because uh, Arthur Conan Doyle would observe Joseph Bell like talking to people about medical stuff, and then f- figure out all these things off of very little information. And that's sort of um, part of the genesis of that. And I really like that they Named By naming Marcus Bell after the inspiration of Holmes, I think it does a nice thing where it kind of puts him at a more level playing field to be like, Holmes, Bell, both, both smart. Like it's, because so many characters in the Holmes stories are like obviously the worst detectives than him.
0: Another big one for supporting characters is of course Natalie Dormer as Irene Adler uh, slash Moriarty. Um, which, uh, was sort of like more blatantly the thing that it seemed like, uh, Joan Watson could be of being like, well, if these characters are going to have a romance, then it has to be a chick. Um, (laughs) uh, what did you think of that whole, uh, the whole storyline and character?
1: I think as a, like, as a TV show move. Uh, it was smart because people were coming in with um, a certain expectation of Irene and a certain expectation of Moriarty, and it um, does a nice little reversal with that. Like, I as a TV writer, uh, aspiring TV writer, I respect. I respect that. I think it's a really good twist, and I think it's um, it's a really fun take, especially um, because they make uh, Watson a woman. There is, of course, still the kind of the power dynamic of like, yeah, but Holmes is the smart one. So by making Moriarty a woman, it is uh, Moriarty is Holmes's intellectual equal uh, in even like in the stories, in the public perception. So I think it's a nice um, it's not just uh, we'll give we'll give women one character. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't I'm not crazy about it from an Irene Adler perspective, because adaptations are always trying to make Irene Adler a love interest, and she's not, and the stories could not be more clear on this. It's, it opens with the, the story opens with uh, Watson being like, and I cannot stress this enough, he doesn't like it. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, no, okay, yeah. Um, in his eyes, she eclipsed the predominant of the whole of her sex, it was not that he felt any emotion akin to love for Irene Adler. All emotions and that one in particular were abhorrent to his cold, precise, federally balanced mind. Like, that's the first paragraph of the story. And then the actual content of this story of a scandal in Bohemia is that uh, Irene Adler's uh, ex hires Holmes to get back um, an incriminating photo she has of her and the ex. Uh, Holmes puts on a disguise to get into her house. Um, they interact while he, yeah, he's in a, they, they interact while he's in a character. He puts on a different disguise and he attends her wedding and then she runs off with her new husband very happily. And that's the entirety (laughs) of their interactions, which are, they never really talk face to face as each other. And she marries someone else full love at that time. Like she she ditches a king to be with this other guy because she likes the other guy better. And then a bunch of fucking nerds read that and were like, "Oh, she probably really wants Sherlock Holmes." And it's like, no, she seems like she's uh, she's banging kings and shit. I think she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, Holmes gets back from the wedding and, like, laughs about it. He's like, what a crazy story, Watson. He doesn't care at all. <laughs> um, and I think it, it's frustrating to see how rarely adaptations um, give any respect to Irene Adler because she is she's in the mall, right in this situation. Like, Holmes is like, oh, I assume that she was this conniving... Uh, temptress backstabber blackmailer and actually it's her ex that sucks and she's just trying to live her life and uh, I shouldn't have gotten involved in the first place. My bad. And uh, so to see how many adaptations are like, she actually is a conniving seductress blackmailer and she also is in love with this weird nerd. Uh, (laughs) And she's obsessed with him. And it's like, what are you why, where are you guys getting this from? It's a, okay. they, like, it, you imagine just some dude reading a story and being like, woman smart? Smart woman? How? Does she, she, she should be undone by love. And this happens over and over again, and it's very embarrassing. Um, And so I don't love that they even, like, played with the idea of Holmes and Irene Adler being canon. I do ultimately like that they subvert it by being like Holmes you idiot why would it go like that Be interesting to you? that sounds like a made-up person and she is a made-up person uh but yeah I have complicated feelings about yeah that. <laughs> yeah
0: I agree it's like definitely um good television uh with the twist and everything um it does a lot of the Iron Adler stuff does kind of make me hate Sherlock because um, just like he First off, he blatantly says women are boring, um, uh, and is like, "there, there are a means to a biological Uh. (laughs) end." Because I, in 2012, you could just have your uh, male lead say that on TV, and it was just like, "he's all right." Um, So then, like, when he meets Irene, and is like, "oh, like this is." The one woman who's not boring she's my intellectual equal it's annoying because it's like r- the one woman on earth who doesn't have a boring personality just like happens to be yeah. Natalie Dormer <laughs> like I don't believe you I I want to see him flip his shit over like a 90 year old professor and be like I've finally met uh my intellectual equal
1: yeah I I will say this um Elementary is the, uh, Elementary and the Great Mouse Detective are the only adaptations brave enough to say that Holmes and Moriarty are exes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you you gotta admire that. Just, uh, right, like, Holmes Watson never happens in this, but it's because the show, like, Holmes Watson doesn't happen because the show is just all in on Holmes Moriarty, and on some level, uh, (laughs) gotta respect the game there. (laughs)
0: Yeah, when I uh, read the Moriarty story, I was like, I am all about this, Uh, I respect uh, every adaptation's dedication to making Moriarty hot, even though he's uh, blatantly not supposed to be. Um, And I loved uh, your explanation for it when we were talking about it, about how um, Moriarty is ugly because Watson is the narrator. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and I, I stand by that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure even in, um, if Joan Watson wrote this, it would be like, Natalie uh, Yeah, and Jamie Moriarty, who people only think is hot because she's blonde, who cares? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Another interesting character on Elementary is Miss Hudson. Um, so she did not appear a ton in the stories that I read. Um, I feel like it was mostly just like, oh, like, she's the housekeeper, and sometimes there'll be a sentence that's like, Miss Hudson brought us breakfast. Um, uh, What's sort of your uh, take on her in in the stories?
1: Uh, Miss Hudson is definitely not, like, a well-developed character. There are no, like, Miss Hudson adventures. Uh, (laughs) I think the most specific, like, detail we get about her is in the dying detective where um Sherlock Holmes uh put this is a spoiler for the dying detective a uh, story that came out over a hundred years ago uh, <laughs> um Sherlock Holmes uh pretends that he's dying of some horrible illness and so Miss Hudson uh comes for Watts uh comes to Watson to be like he's dying um because at that point, Watson isn't living in the house, uh, and there's a bit of explanation about, like, why Miss Hudson, uh, puts up with the world's worst tenant, and it's basically just that, like, they- her and Holmes have a fondness for each other, and also he pays, uh, like- probably like triple the rent of what he needs to just to keep that place (laughs) because he's uh he's a hassle I mean motors are just coming into that apartment building I would have been evicted ages ago if I was fighting guns inside the house and doing chemical experiments and uh just stomping around but that's kind of it it's just sort of there to be she's part of the atmosphere of Baker Street but she's not like a person so I think uh, adaptations can really just do whatever they want with her. I uh, really like what they do in elementary except that uh, they don't actually have her in that many episodes which I think is a waste.
0: (laughs) Yeah it is a shame that it's only like three episodes. Um, So in elementary she's played by Candace Kane, who is an actress um i find really interesting because she's a trans woman who was getting um significant network tv roles um like at a time when that didn't really happen but it was like also at a time when like that didn't like make the news and like get headlines so there's this weird thing where um i feel like actresses who were in tv after Candace Kane became like bigger names just because we're like paying attention at that point and a lot of uh people were like this is just probably the first time that a trans actress has been in a lot of stuff um so it feels like this weird um like she almost got screwed over for getting prominent parts too early.
1: Yeah definitely like yeah when she was on the show I was like I I've seen her in some other stuff before this. like she was just making her TV rounds like any other actress would <laughs> yeah there's there's definitely some uh um. not even much of this but like the fact that on elementary they need to do the exposition where Jordan is like and we both know that she's and it's like yeah it gets us. <laughs> it's
0: yeah it's very awkward because um uh Sherlock explains that miss hudson is the the muse for a bunch of uh prominent men which fucking rules i want that spin-off um and then joan is immediately like uh don't they eventually notice and it's just like no (laughs) Joan, come on yeah
1: it's uh one of the things that is uh always weird to me about adaptations is that they always make Watson the prude even though like Watson is the one in stories being like check out how hot that person is and Holmes is like could you pay attention (laughs) to this murder Uh, um yeah it is I do like that uh Holmes is probably Holmes has probably slept with her right like there's absolutely no way that yeah she's amused to eccentric geniuses and also for some reason I'm letting her live here (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah it is um that is probably the one element that makes me wish this was like an HBO show um from five years later because then we definitely would have gotten some some Holmes Hudson makeouts which would have been crazy hot.
1: Uh huge missed out. They're
0: both Unbelievably also, attractive.
1: I I think we deserve the adaptation when nothing happens between Holmes and Watson, but Holmes does canonically sleep with Moriarty and Miss Hudson. <laughs> yes, just just making the rounds of all of the other uh, notable side characters.
0: <laughs> oh, going back to the Moriarty thing, I did want to say that I do love that um, she is always like really specifically like you are unbelievably beautiful. (laughs) I feel like she's like they they got this incredibly handsome little number Johnny Lee Miller and I feel like Moriarty is the only character uh to acknowledge like you're unbelievably pretty and uh that's that's the take on Moriarty I always wanted. Yeah no
1: I I so deeply respect that she's like here's the thing I'm so, so, so much smarter than you. But gotta respect, you're you're a hot little piece. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She'll she'll say stuff about them being equals, but then she'll always be like, and also, you're just a little cutie patootie, look at ya! (laughs) 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 It's so good, and I think um, that is the energy I want from every Holmes-Mariotie interaction is just being like oh I don't respect you this is just because you're pretty. Yeah and the
0: the books I really enjoyed how how often it would be like just his his thin thin body stretched out on the couch uh and I think they they really captured that with Donnelly Miller. I really enjoy how um Watson is always in like a nice suit and then Sherlock will just be naked for like no reason. Yes especially the the scene where she uh she walks in in the morning and Sherlock is just tattooing himself i was just like they absolutely had a brainstorm of being like what's a weird horny thing we could be showing Sherlock okay, doing yeah. in this scene Can you know how
1: elementary is like so horny but in such a specific CBS procedural way it's very disorienting yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it reminds me of um I feel like most, uh, like most CBS procedurals, I guess, like not The Good Wife, but like most of the detective stuff, like NCIS and CSI and stuff, is like pretty, actually, like pretty, like ugly and um, visually uninteresting. Um, elementary reminds me a lot of like um, U.S. USA shows like White Collar and Suits, because um, it is just like everyone is crazy beautiful. It makes New York look actually nice instead of disgusting. Um, the clothes are really, really amazing. I feel like it's one of the only shows I've seen do like casual wear really well instead of like just nice suits. Um, and uh, But the difference is like uh, suits fucks and then elementary will just be like, here's these Unbelievably beautiful people, and uh, they're just gonna sit across from each other. Yeah,
1: it's and it's weird because they are like. There was a a specific scene I remember where um, Holmes is uh, catching uh, two uh, two robbers who happen to be strippers, and like the whole thing is that they they like come over to a guy's place handcuff him do like a striptease thing and then just like once he's handcuffed they just rob the place which is uh a, a should have been a full episode but it was just a cold open um <laughs> but so like the episode opens on you know these two beautiful women and homes and he's shirtless and they're in their underwear and they're like dancing around but it's just like trying so hard and then like later that episode just like f- fully dressed like in an office just like Holmes and Watson are teasing each other or like Holmes is giving Belle a hard time and I'm like, no, see, this is sexy and that other thing was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's an episode where
0: um Sherlock has been banging twins and but um it's like it's extremely not hot. It's just like Watson sees that there's twins uh in the apartment and he starts <laughs> saying this just like really embarrassing thing of like here's here's why i have a scientific interest in boning twins um but i like that it, it almost feels like um like when you read the sherlock stories there is that element of sort of being like i'm only reading this because of how much these guys are gonna kiss but they're not gonna kiss and I like the idea of bringing that same energy, but to, like, teasing people who want to see, like, attractive heterosexuals
1: <laughs> kids. That's fair enough. I think, uh, that hadn't occurred to me, but that's valid. Uh, <laughs> uh, elementary classic straight baiting. Uh, uh, yeah, if, uh, let's talk a bit about... The, the creative decision to make Sherlock Holmes a man in this, because that's I I think a lot of attention is goes into adapt, making Watson a woman, um, but like they fully made a a curveball choice to make Holmes a man, uh, mostly uh. It does kind of bother me, like in in many ways I feel like Elementary is a a House adaptation and not a Sherlock Holmes adaptation because he's so similar to that, um, to sort of the Gregory House model as opposed to the original stories. Uh, And it, yeah, with House and Johnny Lee Miller Sherlock Holmes and Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, I feel like this weird... They, the way that they adapt him being a nonconformist is to the way that people don't conform now, which is like he looks scruffy and unprofessional, and he's rude to people, and he's brass, but they... And I think, like, that's a valid take, but I can't help but be very, very aware that those are also things that are viewed as cool, masculine, uh, like, cool guy shit. And in the victorian novels um the way that he doesn't conform of its very um he's clean-shaven he's eccentric he's theatrical it's uh like besides even just the queer coding of it all he's just like not interested in like conforming to masculinity as a concept like he's he doesn't respect men who are like obsessed with chasing after women he doesn't like socializing with other men watson's like his only friend (laughs) um yeah he just doesn't care about uh seeming and he like yeah he is tough and cool and smart but he like he doesn't give a shit about seeming tough and cool and smart (laughs) And I wish that there'd be an adaptation that actually adapted that to him coming off in a more, like, I, like, I think um there should, it would make perfect sense, like, I, d- I would fit perfectly into this character if he was, uh, if we had a non-binary Sherlock Holmes, um, like, I mean, yeah, we should get a gay Sherlock Holmes, but, like, even spiritually a gay Sherlock Holmes, it's, like, he just doesn't, he doesn't give a shit about seeming masculine. It's not part of the books at all. He is, uh, like, he's tough and whatever, but, like, he doesn't give a shit about that stuff. And to have, uh, and they keep making these adaptations with, like, he's got tattoos and he uh, he beds a bunch of women and it's, like, that's not his deal. <laughs>
0: Yeah that is a really good point of being like he doesn't care about fitting in with society that's why he loves rock music and has a motorcycle and is like a handsome
1: guy. Yeah it's a little embarrassing that it's like this is a straight man's opinion of what not conforming looks like. (laughs) Sherlock Holmes should be a guy who got beaten up in high school just that's the vibe.
0: Would you say that Monk is a better adaptation?
1: Uh, yeah, I think Monk, like, yeah, his his fussiness there is, like, a really good, um, like, he's like, nah, I'm in my world, and you guys can just deal with me in my world. <laughs> uh, and it's also, I think, um, a shame because I think, like, Watson should be the one who's like, yeah, I'm the, I'm, you can still do all that cool guy shit with the Watson character. <laughs> that would make sense. And they're like, no, 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 Sh- oh, Sherlock Holmes is cool. And so he should get all the cool guy shit. And it's like, ah, guys, you just need to deal with the fact that Sherlock Holmes is a theater kid. He's a theater kid and a nerd. And you just need to accept that about him. You need to accept that you respect a theater kid. I know it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is a good point that that would be such
0: a charming uh adaptation if watson was like a big lacrosse player who was just constantly just like freaking out over this nerd because he's smart
1: yeah and that's just the books <laughs> <laughs> uh i think johnny Miller does a really good job of doing some of the absurd physicality of Sherlock Holmes like he is um he does jump over stuff and crawl under stuff and just sort of like th-
0: yeah there's a lot of weird like stretching out he looks a lot like the actual pictures in the illustrated Sherlock Holmes just like this live guy who doesn't know how to sit yeah, on a chair and that's
1: that's the energy that he should have all the time is he doesn't know how to sit in a chair <laughs> <laughs> I love that the illustrations are so clear about that, because I know in my heart that he doesn't need, know how to sit in a chair, but to actually have the illustrator be like, yeah, in, in like 1890, be like, no, yeah, no idea how to sit in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> Just crawling around the ground, that's that's the energy he should always have. Um, but yeah, No musical numbers in elementary, which is a waste. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, after Johnny Lamilla was in Eli Stone, get let him sing "Faith" in this. It's ridiculous that <laughs> Gregory House is the only Sherlock Holmes adaptation I've ever seen sing "Faith." Uh, Johnny Lamilla, you're gonna let that that stand? Ridiculous. <laughs>
0: um, were there? I think I covered all the sort of like uh, adaptation and story changes I wanted to talk about. Were there any particular? Uh, storylines whether it's from the season we rewatched, season one or just anything you remember uh leaping out as either being different or like a a faithful pull
1: um if you watch season one of elementary uh for this podcast or you just happen to also watch season one of elementary um you're about to enter into season two of elementary i am not a fan of what they do with Minecraft. i think it's uh just a lot of wasted opportunities there um for one, uh, Mycraft in the books is supposed to be, um, he's a fat man, and it's, th- these, the original stories have an element of kind of making fun of, uh, fat people, which isn't very cool of Watson, aka uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, <laughs> um, but it's definitely, like, if there is a fat character who is literally the smartest person in a country and then any adapta- every single adaptation makes him skinny, that's not them being like, well, we're not going to make fun of fat people. That's just taking something away from a fat actor <laughs> because there's a lot of, like, um, you know, bumbling comedy versions of, like, fat people that are like, ha, ha, ha. And it's, uh, it's just kind of, if you're making a very intentional choice if you're like, well, well, I mean, I think people won't respect Mycroft's intelligence as much if he's not skinny. It's it's an intentional choice and it's shitty every time. Um, and then also they seem like they're trying to make Mycroft hot um, because something happened, because Mycroft and Joan Watson sleep together. Um, and... It's like, one, uh, don't be cowards. Uh, John Watson could sleep with a fat guy. Don't be weird about it. Uh, (laughs) But also, they don't get an actor hot enough for that. Like, it it would be one thing if they were like, okay, our take on Minecraft is we're just going to get some sort of supermodel-esque person who uh, who Sherlock Holmes would feel super insecure about, but they're not. He's just a regular-looking British guy. (laughs) Uh, And then he's... uh, not he kind of exists in a weird way as a complication towards uh Sherlock and Joan's romance, which never ends up happening. So I don't know why he's there. <laughs> it is. I think it's a real power move on the part of Elementary that um Joan has in canon slept with um a bunch of drug addicts and geniuses and is like, but never Holmes, ha ha ha, 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 ha. <laughs> And I honestly, I think more of the show should just be about her sleeping with every other genius in the show, and then every other troubled <laughs> uh, recovering drag addict. But uh, they don't make enough of a point of it. It's just the thing that Holmes is very annoyed about, but not even enough for that to justify it. <laughs> uh, so that's the adaptation thing that I'd say really look out for. Um, they do a fun thing where in season seven the villain's name is Greenton uh, Black. Um, I've butchered that. Uh, the he's the villain is named after the waterfall that uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, dies uh, falling off of in the final problem. You know, halfway through the series. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought
1: that was fun. Just the way that they would. They just, like, the episode that guys introduced, the show was just telling us right away, uh, this is the problem. This is the guy. This is the guy. (laughs) Uh, I like when TV shows don't try to, uh, pull one over on you. They're just sort of like, Cue's the bad guy. (laughs) Um, and then I really like what they did with Kitty Winter, um, in I believe season three? Uh, might have been later than that. Um... In the story of the original canon, The Illustrious Client, um, there's a creep who um, sort of emotionally torments women and sometimes kills them. And one of his uh, former lovers is a woman named Kitty Winter, and she sort of shows up and kind of saves the day by throwing acid at the face of that creep. (laughs) Uh, And I think um, Elementary does really interesting take on that where kitty winter is the um is a sexual assault survivor of the psychopath who sherlock holmes takes on as an apprentice and trains and it's a nice little story of her um you know recovering her sense of i don't know uh just her learning and healing through care uh Generally, I think a thing that Elementary does that I really like and appreciate is it's one of the first shows I've seen about recovery that, like, really takes it seriously. Like, House says it deals with addiction, but it's kind of once the show decides that House is not going to do drugs anymore, he's just sort of like, well, I'm done with that, and it's... (laughs) He gets, like, he gets a bunch of scenes about it, but it's it's always viewed as, like, kind of cool that he did Vicodin all, of, all that time. And I think Elementary, more than it's a Sherlock Holmes story, is a story about um, sobriety and recovering from trauma um, and just, like, healing and the work you have to put in as an adult. Like, I think it's a very mature show in that respect, that it's just sort of, like, being an adult, it's a lot of fucking work. Not being a piece of shit, it takes work. It's not a thing that happens overnight. You gotta try to not be a piece of shit. <laughs> um, and I think uh, Kitty was is a another good example of uh, the care the show puts into that theme. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, all that said, yeah, uh, the show could have been way gayer. I think that's, uh, a huge missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, since you brought it up, why
0: not go through the characters on the show that, uh, Sherlock was definitely boning. Um, re-watching season one I counted two guys, uh, the first one being the actor he gets to play his dad, which is delightful. <laughs> uh just the fact that he uh he saw a play and then contacted this older British man to be like you are so wonderful in this play uh let's be friends and you can sometimes pretend to play pretend to be my dad uh so that was the first one that I was like he's just fucking that guy
1: um I think that character returns uh Alistair for maybe only one other episode Um, but that other episode does confirm that that character is gay, and I think it's pretty cool that, um, Sherlock Holmes' like, friends that he has in the city are this gay actor and Mrs. Hudson and, um, this researcher who comes in in later seasons whose, uh, name is gay and then also she's a lesbian and she's just sort of like a really smart grad student or researcher, uh... And she's not a big character, she comes in for a few episodes, but I just, it's quite notable that all of uh, Sherlock Holmes' non motor friends happen to be LGBT. Uh, <laughs> the show should definitely have spent more time on that, but it is a fun little thing I definitely notice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and then the other guy that I was like, he definitely boned him, is uh, Reese, his former drug dealer. Um there was just like a lot, a lot of emotion in that episode. A lot of Reese being like, "I believe in Sherlock Holmes. I believe in him." Um, they're too—they—they're uh, they're always showing uh, Sherlock with attractive young women and are too cowardly to admit how much he wants an older British guy to say yeah. he's proud of him. Um,
1: Reese is introduced in that episode because he's um, let himself in a. Holmes's house and then took a shower and then just walks around naked and then Joan comes out and is like, why is there a naked man here? Um, there's a reason that guy didn't think to grab a towel, that's all. I think we're we're just stating the text of what happened. That's, we're just stating what happened. Also, yeah, Holmes is hitting on Belle all series and I think Belle thinks it's a bit and it's not. It's... (laughs) (laughs) there's there's no reason for him to just constantly be like um I'm actually only gonna work with this detective uh who's very very pretty um and then way late in the series he's like oh I actually did look into your cases and it turns out that you are good at this and it's like well then what did you think before now
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know uh We've, we've been recording an amount of time that is a respectable episode, but I want to make sure you get all your uh, your biggest takes uh, out there. Did you have anything else you wanted to be sure um, to mention? I'm
1: not sure I have so much to say about Sherlock Holmes. There's just uh, thousands and thousands of pages of content. <laughs> <laughs> I know I had this before, I just, I do really love um, the friendship between Sherlock Holmes and Joan Watson. I think it's one of the Best uh, friendships on TV. Um, they have such a. I, I like that the show um, doesn't shy away from using would love in terms of friends, especially a man and a woman with no sense of like. Sometimes shows pull that like. The love like brothers thing or whatever where it's like you can just say love it's fine no one thinks that you don't need to freak <laughs> out that someone might think you two characters are attracted to each other um, but yeah I love that they are able to have this very romantic relationship without it actually being a romantic relationship um, it's just nice to, it's nice to see a show that's just about two people who one really love spending time with each other, and to really love their work, because I think so much TV kind of minds this comedic uh, well of, like, hating themselves or each other or what they do and tries to do, like, an angst thing of, like, oh, it's, you know, the work's killing him, but he's gotta do it, and I, elementary, despite being a show with so much murder in it, is kind of like pretty positive in a lot of respects because it's two people who love what they do and love their lives and are living the lives that they want and it's just really uh, nice to see and i think it's a really accurate adaptation of the thing that i really that i love about the books which is the friendship between Holmes and Watson and also the fact that they um really they're both just wild about murder <laughs> They're so into murder. They're both so horny for murder in the books. And I, uh, you love to see it in a live action show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great summary.
0: It's it's such a a well-done, watchable procedural that has, I think, um, a really nice amount of emotional content uh, where there's still stuff for you to, to sink your teeth into while it also being very pleasant.
1: um, Yeah. Uh, I will say, Uh, uh, a thing I noticed on rewatch, the body count in this show is out of fucking control. There's an episode where they uh, face a serial killer and they need to have that, and that serial killer needs to have 13 victims and then kills 5 extra people in the episode and it's because they've set this standard where like just the first few cases there's like a six person body count (laughs) um i uh i think that's i think it's a real shame that tv feels like it has to do that to have twists to be like okay it's the end of the act we need a body because i'm like i just want to see them have a good time guys (laughs) i'm (laughs) not calling out for this much bloodshed (laughs)
0: um Sarah would you like to rate elementary the tv show and then the Sherlock Holmes stories
1: uh yeah both 10 of 10 big fans
0: <laughs> I'm gonna give the Sherlock Holmes stories uh what I've read of them it three stars uh not yeah. out of 10 out of five <laughs> that sounded harsh uh out of five I would give them three stars uh I'm honestly just not that into mysteries um when it will spend, like, a long time being like, here's how Sherlock deciphered this code. I'm like, okay.
1: Oh, yeah, I totally zone out during all that stuff. On the TV show, in the books, I don't care. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, yeah, I like the friendship. Uh love, uh love Watson talking about how Sherlock is a sleepy <laughs> little guy. Um, and then... Uh, Elementary, yeah, I think is extremely well done. Uh, re- really, really fun to watch. Uh, not, it's uh, not a show that like sticks with me a ton. Um, I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Um, and then what I like to do to end the show is uh, recommend a book or a show uh, Based on our ratings, uh, since I liked the show more, I'm going to recommend a book to fans of the show. Uh, I'm going to recommend The Couple Next Door by Sherry Lapina. It's uh, the kind of paperback bestseller mystery that I think is pretty much the equivalent of a CBS procedural. Uh, It's about an attractive young couple and is a mystery with um, some good satisfying twists. And I think everyone would really enjoy it.
1: Since, yeah, I haven't read a lot of um, modern mysteries besides Gone Girl. Everyone read Gone Girl. It's a fun time. Uh, <laughs> nothing to do with this. Uh, um, if you are a fan of the original stories, um, you might also like um, the Raffles, the Amateur cracksman stories, which are by uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's brother-in-law and were dedicated to him and those are uh those are basically Holmes and Watson if they were um dumber hornier criminals (laughs) Uh, so that's a fun time and then I also highly recommend um the Jeeves and Worcester stories by uh P.G. Woodhouse uh which are very uh 1920s slapstick comedies but very clever and have a similar dynamic of um, a kind of hapless, clueless narrator and their genius friend. <laughs> nice. Uh, great Rex, uh,
0: great having you on. Uh, Arden season two is out now, would you like to give it a oh, little yes. plug?
1: Uh, <laughs> me having just said I, I zone out of mysteries. Uh, Arden is a uh, audio drama, uh, which is another way of saying a fictional podcast, um, about a detective and a journalist who solve cold cases together. Um, it's a little bit of a queer rom-com, little bit of a true crime procedural. Uh, if you are a fan of uh gay detectives we got you covered man we got you covered (laughs) um Arden season two out now uh Lenny you were right on Arden season two would you also like to plug it
0: (laughs) yes um I wrote a couple episodes of it uh listen to all of them
1: (laughs) hell yeah all right
0: uh thanks for listening everybody uh you can subscribe to the Patreon to get episodes early. You can follow at Chapter Surfing on Twitter. You can follow me at Lenny Burnham.
1: And uh, also follow Sarah at Sarah Golub. Yeah, um, you can honestly just search for Sherlock Holmes, and I'm sure one of my recent tweets will just show <laughs> up. Yeah. Uh,
0: thanks so much for being here, Sarah.
1: Thank you so much for letting me talk about Sherlock Holmes for an hour. A thing people. Uh allegedly human me to do but oh i i could go on <laughs> could go on <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to learn falsehoods?
0: Do you want to learn the not-truths? Do <laughs> you want to go to hell? Join
1: Eric McAdams, Alea Lotney, and Liam Sr. as they go to hell. <laughs> we are experts <laughs> is a podcast on the major cast network each
0: episode we take a topic we know nothing about and speculate wildly till our hearts content and then they sort of learn a little bit about the real topic at the end but not too much just a little tune into we are experts wherever you get podcasts whenever we feel like posting it
1: thanks for listening to the major casts network stay fun stay nasty and stay major.